Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m. And we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. All good. How are we doing this morning, Takeover Church? Uh, first of all, my name is Matt, and uh, no one calls me Matthew and has ever lived to talk about it besides my wife. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here at Takeover Church alongside my beautiful and amazing wife, Adrienne. We co-lead this church. And uh, before we get any started, uh, before, we, blah, 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 before we get started, um, just during worship and during prayer and praise, I kept having this phrase come up. Um, I don't mean to make things weird, um, but if your church never, uh, you've ever been to before, it never talks about speaking in tongues, um, there's probably a little bit of problem with that, okay? It's, it's part of what we do. And, and as I was just praying in tongues and, and, and speaking with the Lord and all these things, and his language is above ours, and, and, and he, he moves in better ways than I can articulate. And so for me, I just choose to rely on that so often. in this phrase, Shindakita, kept coming up, which I know this might seem weird to you, but and I'm out of my comfort zone talking about this right now, but Shindakita kept coming up as I was praying, and, and I was like, what is this word? What is this phrase? Why am I keep going back to it? And it's actually this uh, Hazia, uh, I think is how you pronounce it, word coming out of Middle Africa from Nigeria. It's an old word, but it means to have praise. It means to have praise. And so I don't know where you're at today, what you found yourself, your week looking like, but I think some of us, we just need to lift up a praise right now. We just need to have some praise that we made it to Sunday, that we made it to church, that we made it through another week, whatever it looks like. We just need to praise God, just the fact that we made it. Come on. That was so encouraging to me, and, and usually I'm not one to, to get stuck on a single phrase, but when God is doing something, I'm like, what does this mean? I just felt like that was a word for our church this morning. Does that sound good? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, wow. Can you guys just make some noise for our incredible worship team, for everybody so far? Wow. Come on. Hallelujah. Here below. I love it. Well, this week we are continuing our series, Lies from Below. This is week two, and Lies from Below is just a series about the lies the devil wants you to believe, but the truths that you need to know, okay? We are a church. We are not in the religious business. We are not in the, uh, we're just going to make our praises loud because it looks good on Facebook kind of business. We are not in the church as an organization kind of business. We are in the business of kicking the devil in the teeth. Come on. We are in the freedom business the liberation business. We are about bringing the lost home, equipping the saints, and building everybody up in the name of Jesus. Amen? That's the business that this church is in. We are a life-giving church, and this morning I, can, I hope to continue to speak and encourage you with a life-giving message this morning that I have titled, where's my note takers at? So last week we had a message called, I Can't Beat This. And the idea is that I'm just kind of labeling each message of a, of a lie, particularly that maybe I've fallen to or that I know culture in our world and people in our church have fallen to, that just things that we've all gone through. And at one point in time in our lives, I'm sure every single person in here would say that, you know what, I found myself in a place where I didn't think I could beat this. I didn't think I'd never get past this. And this morning, live for week number two, title of my message is, I am what I am. I am what I am. 
So if you're taking notes, write that down. We're coming out of 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. It'll be up on the Sky Bible if you need it. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought. Somebody say every thought. Every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Fantastic. We're going to pray. We're going to see what the Lord will do. Does that sound good? Awesome. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, we recognize that we're two or more gathered. There you are in the midst of us. You are the supreme high authority in this room right now. It's not me as the lead pastor. It's not Adrian as the lead pastor. It's nobody else in this room right now, God. It is you. You have all authority to move in this moment. So we want what you have for us, God. We want more words of knowledge, God. We want, we want more uh, things from tongues that we need to decipher that, that are going to edify and stir up this body, God. We want to hear from you this morning, Father God. We just thank you so much in advance for everything that you're going to do in and through this word, in and through this service today, God. Change us, wreck us, God. We didn't come here interested in looking the same as we came in. We want to look more like, sound more like, and be more like your son, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. Faith-filled church said, if you just love Jesus this morning, would you just make some noise? Come on. I am what I am. So I am whatever you said. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. We're not we're not going to go into our M&M bag. My name is Matt McClure, but I am not Slim Shady. I'm Thick Boy Winner. Anyways, so this morning, this morning, we're continuing this series, Lies from Below. And, and this idea of I am what I am came to my head when I was just praying with the Lord this week on Monday, going, what do you have for our church this week? What is a stronghold that we can bring down? What is a lie that we've believed that maybe it's not every single person in this room, but I dare say that most of us in this room, we have believed the lie, I am what I am at some point or time in our lives. Now, I think this phrase, this mantra, this bumper sticker, I am what I am, it is what it is. Like, I think this idea, this notion is something that we've all fallen prey to, that we've all been under this illusion of, that maybe for you and your life, the interpretation and the meaning of this phrase has looked significantly different for you than maybe it has for me. But at the end of the day, no matter how well put together you are or how broken down you are, how good you've got it going or how bad you've got it going, how life has dealt you cards or how life has not dealt you cards, the truth of the matter is I am what I am is still a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. I am what I am is a lie. We like to hide behind it because we justify actions, because it just gets us off the hook. I am what I am. I can't be blamed. I just am what I am. No, 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 friends. That is not what Jesus came for. That is not the Jesus I choose to serve. That is not the God who hung his son on a cross, his son who willingly gave his life up, not so that I can say what Matt is, so I can say and proclaim it is what it is. It's just how I am. No, 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 no. How you are is what God purchased, but it is not God's plan. How you are is not God's plan. 
How you are is certainly what he purchased, but it is not the plan that he has for your life. Even if you've been doing this for a while, even if you think that you have got this thing figured out, friends, I'm telling you, there is always new levels. There are always areas that we just need to resubmit to the name of Jesus. For some of us this morning, this is an area in our life that we have just been so under the illusion that it's okay to continue to live, to continue to operate, to continue to, to just try and limp across, crawl across whatever finish line you have for yourself. But friends, I came to tell us this morning as a church that I am what I am is not what Jesus paid for. I am what I am is not what he hung on a cross for. I am what I am is not what he was thinking when he went on the cross and he took his last breath and he said, it is finished. He didn't finish it so that you could remain the same. He didn't finish it so that we could choose to remain the same. So what we are is what we are. No, no, no. He wants us to make us what he is. The chief concern of God in heaven has never been about us remaining as we are, but becoming what Jesus is. I don't know if that's a word for you this morning, but we cannot choose to remain this way. You can. You can. You can continue to be that kind of person. I've been there in my own life time and time again where I have just messed up. I have fubbed up. I have stubbed my toe. I have straight up backslidden. I have gone backwards. I've ran in the opposite direction of what God has for me, and I've hidden it underneath. You know what? That's just Matt McClure. Just what I do just who I am. It's how I was raised. I am what I am, and it is what it is. Friends, in this life, following Jesus, not being human, talk about our new natures, Jesus followers, as Christians, as sons and daughters of the Most High God. It is never is what it is, or I am what I am. It is always less of me, more of him. It is always, I need you, Jesus. It's always, I didn't get into this game to stay the same Matt. No, 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 Matt isn't good enough. Matt couldn't get me there. Matt has never done what Matt's needed to do to be in right standing relationship with Jesus. But Jesus on the inside of me, relationship with Jesus, I'll take that at bet every single day. I am what I am is something that has to fall. But I find it funny because I am what I am speaks to this idea of our actions, right? I just do this. I just do that. I am what I am. Oh, I just sleep with them. I just sleep with her. I am what I am. Oh, I just cheat on this. I just go here and I do this. I'm a little dodgy over here. It is what it is. I am what I am. We put our hands up and we absolve ourselves of all responsibility, friends. But I want to come and I want to encourage you this morning. That no, 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 no. Before there's ever an action, there must be a thought. Before there's ever an action that takes place that we just want to absolve ourselves of all responsibility, before there is an action, there must first be a thought that has to be acted upon. And so I want to look again at the words of Paul because he starts this off. And again, we talked about it last week. This is his second letter to the Church of Corinthians. Corinth is jacked up. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But Corinth is jacked up. They are torn up from the floor up. They are messed up. They are jacked up. They got so many things going on. When Paul is writing what he just wrote, what we just started this message over, it is not to unbelievers. 
It is to both Jews and Gentiles who at that time are following Jesus. This is a church. This is a collective. This is a family. This is a community. This is Jesus' followers that he's writing to. And he is going, yo, what is going on? What are you guys getting into? This is not what Jesus went to the cross for. We just need to get back. There's no shame, no condemnation. But come on, guys. We have got some correction to do. And so I love what Paul says right here. He says, Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Right there he says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that is raised against the knowledge of God so that we can take every thought captive. Friends, before we ever have an action, before we ever act upon a desire, before we ever act upon anything in this life, before we do anything, there is first a thought that enters our mind. And some of us, we're living this life of just saying, I am what I am. We're going to church. We're following Jesus. But we've absolved ourselves of any responsibility to change, any responsibility to take ownership of what our lives look like. But friends, I'm telling you, if we are continuing to fight this battle, if we're continuing to try and change based off what we can just simply do in the natural, we will fall short every time. But what Paul is saying to the church here, he is saying, no, 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 you have the power, you have the ability, God is on the inside of you, you can take every thought captive and submit it to the name of Christ. So before there's ever a thought, before there's ever an action rather, the first must be, a thought. And so for many of us, what's going on in your head? What's going on in your head? What is it that is popping in, that's coming up, that's speaking a louder word than the name of Jesus, that's speaking a louder word than the church, that's speaking a louder word than God's word? What is happening? What are these ideas and these notions that have got you so tangled up and so wrapped up that you've just done fighting, that you're not interested in moving forward, that you've succumbed to this idea and this notion that you are just what you are, that God rescued on the cross and that was good enough for him. That's not his dream for you, that you would remain. His dream for you is that you would become like his son. So when Paul is writing to the church and he says, take every thought captive and submit it to the name of Christ. I believe that we can actually do that. It says we have every, every lofty and proud opinion that raises an argument against the word of God. Do you know what a lofty, proud opinion that raises an, uh, an argument against the word of God is? It's a lie. You see, the temptation that we all face here is the lie from the enemy that just says, nah, how you are is okay. It's okay. Just keep doing that. That's all right. You're on a journey. You'll get there. Just, just, you're okay. And that's good. And there's some truth in that. But whenever the devil tries to get inside your ear, inside your head, he, uh, he loves, he can't help himself but twist the truth. He doesn't want to quote scripture to you. He wants to quote his idea of scripture to you. He doesn't want to quote God's word to you. He wants to quote his interpretation of God's word to you. 
And so what the enemy will do is this, if we could just put this in layman's terms this morning, if we could just boil this down when he says every lofty opinion that chooses to raise an argument against the word of God, it is a lie from yourself, from culture, or from the enemy that would choose to tell you that it knows better how to use your life than God does. Every lofty opinion, lofty just means prideful, every lofty opinion that would raise up an argument against the word of God, Paul is saying you can actually subdue that. You can actually take that captive. You don't have to succumb to those thoughts anymore. You can do something about it because our lives, friends, our lives aren't the sum total of our actions. Our, li- our lives are the sum total of the thoughts that we allow to take place. Because before there's ever an action, there must first be a thought. Our lives are the sum total of what thoughts we allow to enter our head. What thoughts we allow ourselves to ruminate on. What thoughts we allow ourselves to act upon. Our lives are not going to be the sum total of our actions because we don't just blindly do things. We have cognitive thought. And so when Paul is encouraging this church, he's saying these things that you got going on, everything that you've fallen to, these lies that you've believed, what you've, what, how you've determined to uh, live your life and how you've done your marriages and how you've lived this. No, 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 you don't have to keep doing that. No, no, you got something on the inside of you, something that's greater, something that's more powerful than lofty opinions of yourself, lofty opinions of the enemy, lofty opinions, prideful opinions. People, places, the enemy, your left and your right, they cannot tell you how to best use your life more than your God can. I mean, think about it. Think about it. We've had these parts in our lives where maybe something crazy's happened in our marriage. And you got friends and you got family, you got people have come to you that's like, yeah, man, you should separate. And I know a great divorce attorney, and we can get this thing started. And and so instead of suggesting reconciliation, instead of suggesting counseling, instead of suggesting bringing it into your faith community so that you don't have to try and fight for your marriage alone, but you bring it underneath the unity of the name Jesus, we have people, places, and culture that are encouraging us towards separation, encouraging us towards divorce, while God's over here going, no, 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 let no man separate what I have brought together. No, 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 no. we got to keep this thing together. you got to love her as Christ loves the church. Come on. This is how this has to be. But that's a lofty opinion from friends and from family and from culture that says, no, 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 we know how better to have a marriage or not have a marriage than your God does. What about sex? Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about... We live in a time and a place where you and me... Come on, we all know the words. We all know the words. But what about sex? Oh, man, we got friends that are just like, smash that. Go ahead. Oh, dude, slide in the DMs. Oh, girl, it's totally okay. I know what, he's a good guy. He's. But we're getting this idea of what our sex life should look like from culture, from the world, from what these things should look like. and Instead of telling us, hey, no, 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 maybe don't slide in the DMs. 
maybe maybe talk to a friend and see if they're like a believer first and then like ask for a number like a proper person you know and like have actual face-to-face communication so that you can learn each other's character you know like the things that the humans are intended to do oh you know maybe maybe don't go and and hang out at his place at this time i mean is is there roommates are they all dudes are you gonna be safe are you going to feel encouraged to follow after God in that environment? Like, think about it. We don't realize it because we're blinded to just it is what it is, and I am what I am, and we see the world for what we don't see the world for what it is. We just we just know what we hear, we know what we're told, and suddenly we find ourselves in an environment where we're remaining sexually pure before marriage or even during marriage. Oh no, come on, dude! You're living scandal right now. I love that show. He's hitting on you at the office, girl. I mean, come on. There's this lofty, proudful opinion, this argument that God's like, no, no, no. One man, one wife, one ring to rule them all. Like, let's do this thing. Okay, I had like TLC, I had Lord of the Rings, and I had salt and pepper. Like, come on. I'm hitting every demographic right now. It's good. But we're getting these ideas and these things like, let's stay on sex for a second. Why do you think sexual sin is so easy to fall into? Every lie that the enemy would try to tell you, that he would encourage culture to tell you, that he would use unbelievers to tell you, every lie from below, it's not intended just to be waved away. It's not an annoying, annoying mosquito that's flying around looking to suck your blood. No, it's looking to ruin your life. Like, he doesn't aimlessly just toss out lies into your head so that you can be like, nope, boop, boop, whip my hair back and forth. Like, no, that's not how this thing works. Every lie, much like truth, whether it's fact or it's fiction, whether it's truth or a lie, no matter what it is, it's not intended to not have action based upon it. If you're going to plant a garden, how many of you guys know, you're not just going to throw down seed and see what happens. No, no, no. Every seed, whether it's a lie or it's truth, it is intended to be planted. It's intended to be dug up, the ground to be dug up, for the seed to be put down, and for you to give it attention, for you to go and check on it daily, for you to check your DMs daily, to water this, to water that, to pay more attention to it. Truth can grow or lies can grow, but it grows based on the amount of attention and care and affection that you choose to give it. So sex, right? Why do you think it's so easy to fall into? Why is that so easy to get hung up in? Well, the truth of the matter is, it's awesome. <laughs> but it's one of these things where it's like, man, this thing just easily entangles. Because for sex, the more you do it, the more awesome it is, <laughs> better it feels. Things like that. I know it's uncomfortable. Stay with me. But when it's outside of its proper place and time, when it's out of its alignment with what God says is best for it, when he says, this is how I've designed you, this is how I've designed it, this is how you can have the best sex life in confines of marriage, this, that, and the other thing, like when he says these things, it's because he made it so he knows how best to use it. But when a lie gets in there, how many of you know you start acting on it? The more you do it, the more it feels good. The more it feels good, the more you want to do it. The more you get away with it without accountability. The more you're confident and prideful you get thinking you can just get on with it. 
And suddenly, the further he, you get away from the truth, the further into it you go, the more it's planted, the more it's growing, the more the tomato bush is coming up, all of these things, the more that you have acted upon it, and you've watered it, and you've checked up on it, all of a sudden, you got a full-blown garden that you did not ask for, a full-blown garden that you did not want, and one that's going to be terrible to uproot if you ever get to a place where you aren't so desensitized, you can see the truth for what it is. The devil wants you to get to a place where by the time he, God actually gets through to you, through what you're going through, we would just falter and we'd lay down our arms and be like, it is what it is. I am what I am. I've slept with this many people and I've done this many things and this many weeks and this many months out of this many years and this has just been my life. This has just been all that I know. This has just been my existence up until now. I'm five years deep into this thing. I don't even know how to change if I was able to or if I had any desire to. I'm just kind of stuck. So yeah, I'm going to come to church and yes, I'm going to serve and I'm going to tithe. I'm going to be a part of things, but don't touch this area because truth be told, my arms are up. I've completely surrender to it because I don't even know how to fight for it anymore. I am what I am. Maybe that's not you today. But if that is you, this isn't something that just affects young people. This isn't something that just affects married people at offices. No, no, no. This is an area of our lives that was made and intended for awesome things and to grow the world and to ultimately grow the church. God has plans for your sex life. And this isn't even a sex message, but I got to stay on this for a minute. I just feel like God's doing something. But friends, before it is ever in action, it is first a thought. Before it ever happened between your legs, it happened between your ears. Before it ever happened between the sheets, it happened between your ears. And Paul is saying, you can subdue that. You can take that thought captive, literally, figuratively, and spiritually. You can take that thought and you can redirect it. Maybe this morning it's, it's not that for you. Maybe this morning for you it's, maybe it's rage. Maybe it's anger. Maybe for you, you've just been angry as long as you can remember. You've been hurt, you've been disgruntled, you've been annoyed, you have been upset, and you can tame it some days. You don't have to talk about it all the time. You got to a place where you're just able to nurse it and you can get along with it, but you on the inside know that you exist as a ticking time bomb. That you wish someday somebody would. Somebody would just say something to you the wrong way because you have rage on the inside of you. Before rage ever came out of your mouth, it first had to enter your mind. Maybe this morning for you, it's, it's depression. It's anxiety. It's worry. It's fear. Maybe for you, depression is something that's followed you around like a dark cloud your entire life. As far back as you can remember, you don't remember something significant happening. You don't remember something significant being taken from you. You just know that for whatever reason, you have this dark cloud that seems no matter how far you run or how fast you get going or how well career and spouse and life and dating and all these things start going for you, you can't seem to shake this cloud that's overhead of you. And before you know it, the people around you are seeing the ramifications of your depression 
But before they ever saw the ramifications of your depression or of depression, depression had to first enter your mind. It first had to be spoken to it. I don't care if that's chemical or spiritual friends. Our God is still in the game of deliverance. We talked about it last week. Just like a broken foot, I definitely understand that minds can be broken. But whether it's chemical or it's spiritual, whatever is going on the inside of you, our God is still in the deliverance business. And I'm done, by the way, right now. We're done. I just noticed I said it three times. I said your depression three times. I'm done saying your depression. I want us as a church to start a new movement where we're done saying your depression. I'm sorry. Depression isn't yours. It's God's. He bought it when he purchased you. It came along with you. It's his. And in his hands, he can kill it. In your hands, we make it a master. Amen? Come on, somebody. I'm done saying your depression, your depravity, your sex, your this. I am what I am. No, no, no. I'm done with saying yours and mine, and it is what it is. God purchased you, which means he got that. And when you buy something, you can take parts off. You can replace things you can fix things you got to be able to know how to do that and he is the great physician friends i am what i am i am what i am go to hell i'm sick and tired of this phrase i'm sick and tired of it is what it is i'm sick and tired of being a powerless christian i don't believe those words exist together i don't believe that's a proper sentence i didn't get into this life to remain powerless powerless is what brought me to the game in the first place powerless is how I got here I got to the end of my rope and guess who was still at the end of my rope Matt I can't I don't want to be powerless I believe that God when he went to the cross when he went to the cross with Jesus on that cross when he said it is finished when that blood was shed there was power for depression there was power for healing I believe that in God's hand, your depression, he can heal that thing. But in order to put it in his hands and quit keeping it in ours, we kind of have to take that thought captive. No, 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 I feel depressed today. I don't want to go out. Nope. Here you go, God. Oh, I don't want to listen to reason today. I just want to do what I want to do. It is what it is. Today, I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat this. I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to talk to them. I'm going to avoid this person. I'm not going to go to this church function. I'm not going to be found a community. No, no, no. I'm not doing any of these things. All of a sudden, you have that thought pops into your head. And if you don't subdue that, what you thought will be your reality. If you do not take that thing captive and go, nope, not today. You don't get to have a say, devil. Nope, not today. You don't get to have a say, friend. Nope, not today. You don't have a say here, spouse. Whatever it is, if we don't take that captive and subdue it to the name of Jesus, and we say, nope, not today. Jesus, take this. When we don't do that, what that thought bubble was will be our reality, will be our actions. I am what I am. You're not what you are. You are what Christ paid for you to be. I am what I am. No, 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 no. You are what Jesus says that you are. Earlier, we were singing resurrecting. Resurrecting. Then we sang a song that said, the war's already won. 
I don't know how many of us this week, but we have looked to other things and the people and the substances and the places. We've been involved in trauma. We've been involved in discontentment. We've been involved in fear and anxious and, and worry and all of these things. And we've looked to this to be our guiding North Star to correct areas in our life, man. If I can just do this, if I can just say this to her, if I can just say this to him, that'll bring balance and correction to this area. No, no, no. We don't want correction. We want resurrection. Amen. The war's already won. We overcome by the blood of his son. We don't overcome by allowing these thoughts to stay. We don't overcome by nursing these thoughts with a bottle. We don't overcome our actions as a result to the thoughts that we didn't subdue by a substance or by a person or by sex or by any of those things. No, no, no. We don't overcome the results and ramifications and consequences of our actions by just adding something else that is not eternal to the equation. But we overcome by the blood of the Son. This is helping anybody this morning. When it comes to our thought life, our lives will be the sum total, not of our actions, but of the thoughts that we allow to take place. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in living a life where my mindset has the ability to control my destiny. Where my mindset, where my old broken patterns of how I was raised or where I come from, best childhood or not, there is brokenness in our past because the fact that we are simply human. I'm not interested in a, in a, in a fractured broken thought patterns and systems and mindsets that I was given from the jump to predetermine and predestine what my life is to look like in the future. I don't want to live by my mindset. I want to live by the Spirit. I don't want to be held captive to my thoughts. I want to be held captive by the Spirit. I don't want to be arrested for my actions. I want to be arrested by God. I don't want to surrender to every desire that pops in between my ears. No, no, no. I want to be overcome, overcome by what God says is best for my life, not what Matt has predetermined what's best for his life. There's a scripture that is also Paul, and he says this, and we'll put it up on the Sky Bible for you. Romans 8, 11. It's a spirit of him who has raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Worship team, you can make your way up here. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who now dwells in you. If our God is in the business of resurrecting, which he is, if he can bring back a completely, a completely drain of all blood, drain of bodily fluids, Jesus out of the crypt for three days, if he can resurrect that body, he can resurrect our minds. I don't want to live a life where I have been surrendered and submitted 
to my mindset. I want to live a life where I am surrendered and I am submitted to the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. If that's available to me, if that's available to be my guiding actions, if that's available to me, that's how I want to live. When Paul is writing in 2 Corinthians and he says, our war is not of flesh and blood, but we have great power to destroy strongholds of every kind. Every kind. This is how we do it. Paul is saying to the Corinthians, yeah, 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 yeah. There's mortal ways to fight your mortal issues. You can give a trusted friend your your GPS, your location. You can give somebody complete and unrelented access and unhindered access to your phone. You could be a marriage counseling and you can give these things over to somebody else who can help you guide your marriage back to health, resuscitate it back to health, bring revival to your marriage. You can do those things. And those are awesome. And those are a great place to start. But if the only way we are fighting the wars in our life is by natural means, we don't have a great chance of winning. That is like a gun with one bullet and no magazine. But Paul is saying, no, 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 we have a Holy Spirit. The natural can't overcome the supernatural, but the supernatural can always overcome the natural, amen? All of this is about perspective this morning. Your thoughts no longer have to be your guiding star. His spirit, which speaks his word, which is the truth of the Bible, can be your guiding star. Speaking of perspective changes, some of us, when we hear about the spirit that now dwells inside of us, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, We get this little messed up, kind of like how we get your depression messed up or how we get your addiction messed up. No, 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 no. When God purchased you, he purchased your depression. When God purchased you, he purchased your addiction. When God purchased you, he purchased your broken marriage. And in his hands, he can kill and he can restore and he can revive and he can do all these things. Another thing that happened when he purchased you And this will give you some real power for this week. You want some practical application? You are a spirit with a body. So many of us, we live this life going, oh man, I just just want to hear more of the Holy Spirit. I want to do more with the Holy Spirit. I I want his words to be my words. I want to lean into that. No, 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 friends. You have to understand, we have to get this perspective correct. If you want to see some real tangible, literal breakthrough in your life, we've got to hit the flip in our mind and go, you know what? I'm not a body with a spirit. I'm a spirit with a body. I have a mind. My mind doesn't have me. I have thoughts. My thoughts don't have me. I have a body. My body doesn't have me. I am a spirit before I'm a body. I'm a believer before I'm an adulterer. I'm a son before I'm an addict. I'm a daughter 
And I believe if we can get this perspective changed, and we can decide this week that you know what? I'm going to test drive actually what Pastor Matt said on Sunday. I'm going to put this to practice. When it pops in my head, how I just need to be a person of confrontation in my workplace. And I just need to be up front and in people's face when I see injustice all of the time. Instead of doing what I've always done and instead of being how I've always been there, maybe this week I'm going to take that thought captive when I just need to tell somebody off and I'm going to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. Because that's who I was. That's not who I am. That's a thought I had. That's not who I am. That's what popped in my mind, but that's not who I am. That's how my mind's always worked, but I am not a mind. I am a spirit. Well, this is how my body feels. This is what my body does. I'm a sexual being. No, no, no. You're a spirit before you're a human being. The spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the grave has enabled you to subdue those thoughts that are lies from below so that you can live from truth from above. Amen. Would you guys just stand up? We're going to get ready to go back into a moment of worship. I don't know what your life has looked like this week. I don't know the battles you've been facing. I don't know the wars that you've had to go through. I don't know the thoughts that have come into your head. But I want to encourage you this morning. You're not your thoughts. And since you're not your thoughts, you don't have to succumb to them. You don't have to submit to them. They don't have to rule and reign in your life. The Spirit of God can rule and reign in your life. The thoughts that you have on your marriage, they don't have to rule and reign in your household. The Spirit of God can rule and reign in your household. The thoughts that you have about your past, they don't have to rule and reign over your life. And if your past doesn't have to rule and reign over your life, that means shame doesn't have to rule and reign over your life. That means condemnation doesn't have to rule and reign over your life. Embarrassment, guilt doesn't have to rule and reign over your life, but freedom is available to you in abundance. So right now what I want to do all across this room is I want every head bowed and eye closed in this place. I wonder how many moments in church were wasted, how many move of God's were missed, because we were thinking about other things while we were sitting in church, while we were sitting in a prayer meeting, while we were at a worship night. We're here to do one thing. We're here to meet with God. We're here to meet with God's people. We're here to be all about God in this moment. 
But so often it's easy to be sitting in these chairs or singing these songs and talking with people after service and we could be thinking about all of these other things. And while we're thinking, God is moving. While we're distracted, he is active and we are going without what he has for us because instead of taking those thoughts captive and subduing them so we can lean in in this moment, we're found thinking about preparing for Monday. We're found thinking about thinking about lunch, thinking about whatever it is that's going on. And, and God's saying, man, I gave you a spirit. Be present in this moment. Because I got something. I got something that would unlock your future, that would unlock your marriage. You don't have to fall back into chains. You can walk forward in faith. Let's not miss this moment. So as we sing, whether you know the song or not, let's give God our words. Let's give God the space in our minds right now to stay focused on this song. As we sing these words, and if a thought pops in your head like, hey, I wonder if my... My wife is liking this service right now. No, 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 we're going to take that thought. We're going to submit that to Jesus and we're going to keep singing these words. If we're in here and we're thinking about, man, all these years I wasted without a God like this who actually would empower me and not just beat me down. No, no, no. Even that thought. Let's take that thought and let's keep singing these words. No matter what it is, I'm tired. I had a long week. This could be better, that could be better. I just need another drink, I just need another hit, I just need a, I wonder what she's up to. I wonder what he's up to right now. I wonder what's going on there and here. And any thought that could pop up right now in this moment. Let's just sing these words. Let's submit to these words. Let's give our mind in this moment completely over to these words because he has given you a spirit that has enabled you to do so. And let's see what God can do with a freed up mind. Let's see what God can do with a mind that has no chains on it. Let's see what God can do with a mind that doesn't have predetermined thoughts in it. Let's give this moment over to him in Jesus' name. Amen? So no one's looking around. We are focused on these words.